Welcome back to Values, a podcast for investors seeking to better connect the values of a company with the value of their investment portfolio. In each episode, we will talk about the issues shaping the food revolution and Anand's approach to sustainability. I'm Nadia Bensalem-Nicolas, Head of Investor Relations at Danone, and for our second episode in the series, we'll be discussing the topic of regenerative agriculture. While perhaps seen as a specialist topic, today we want to put a spotlight on this innovative model of farming that can make a huge impact on the health of the planet, the local farming communities, and be key to create long-term value for investors. I'll be joined today by four guests. First, Melissa Ho, Senior Vice President for Freshwater and Food at WWF, the international NGO focused on wilderness preservation and the reduction of human impact on the environment. Melissa will provide a third-party expert's overview of regenerative agriculture. Then, Eric Souberan, Vice President, Nature and Water Cycle at Danone, we talk about how we embrace regenerative agriculture at Danone. And Dominique Borelli, President of Premium Dairy at Danone North America, will provide a very practical view from the perspective of the U.S. brand Horizon, the number one organic milk brand in the U.S. today. And Cecile Cabanis, CFO at Danone, will join us to share her thoughts on what this means from a financial perspective. I'm joined first by Melissa from WWF. Welcome, Melissa, and thanks for giving up your time for us today. Let's start maybe with a big picture. What's wrong, according to you, with our current food system in terms of how we treat our land and grow our food? Thank you, Nadia, and thank you for inviting me to join this exciting podcast. First of all, let's just look at what agriculture is doing to the planet and how it's you know, a driver of major degradation at this time. We see agriculture production is a major source of greenhouse gas emissions, accounting for almost a quarter of global emissions. Agriculture is also a major cause of land conversion and habitat loss. It's the largest consumer and polluter of fresh water, and it's really a leading cause of biodiversity loss. You know, if you look at a UN food and agriculture report, they estimate that already one third of the world's topsoil is lost. And we're really at risk of losing it all in the next 60 years if we don't change our practices. This isn't just bad for the planet and for ecosystem services and for habitats. It's also important because it would erode our agricultural base and really threaten our future food supply. And when we look at global populations expecting to reach almost 10 billion by 2050, and the general consensus that global agricultural production must actually increase by another 60 to 70 percent to meet this increased food demand. And at the same time, we already have 800 million people that are chronically malnourished. We need to really up our game and rethink how we produce our food. This year of 2020, agriculture was really in the crosshairs of three major global development agendas. Human development, really addressing global poverty and hunger and nutrition, climate change and revisiting the Paris Agreement and our commitments to be much more aggressive about keeping our warming planet to a 1.5 degree future and our commitment to nature, really looking and recommitting on the Convention on Biological Diversity on what we can do to stave off further loss of critical habitat, ecosystems, and loss of biodiversity. Agriculture has really been elevated as central to all of these agendas 
And given the situation now that we find ourselves totally unprecedented, unexpected with COVID-19, robustness and resilience has been highlighted and elevated as another key priority as well. So agriculture, and especially for corporates operating in an increasingly risky environment, we need to rethink how we do our agricultural systems, how we produce our food, uh, and how we support our farmers going forward. And against that backdrop, could you tell us more about regenerative agriculture, what this farming model is about, what makes it different from conventional agriculture and the value it brings? Sure, absolutely. You know, agriculture as a sector is unique. It is really the only sector implicated that has the potential not just to be part of the problem for climate change and for nature, but really part of the solution. And regenerative agriculture has a lot of traction and credibility for being a key part of that solution for agriculture. So what regenerative agriculture really is, isn't a rigid set of practices that are plug and play in different places. It's really a system and set of principles. It's a mindset. It's an approach for how you think about producing your food and where farming and producing food commodities are more in line with nature. And there's a mindset and a set of system practices to increase biodiversity, protect soil health, improve water quality and water retention on fields and farms, and really try to optimize and maximize not just your production and productivity of the farm commodities, but also in balance with the ecosystem services that land is a part of. So regenerative ag has also garnered a lot of excitement because of its potential for carbon sequestration in both the above and below ground biomass. In that regard, it's being held up as a really potentially important agricultural-led climate solution. And it would have beneficial impacts on the greenhouse gas mitigation issues, as well as adaptation and resilience benefits on farm, because climate change is already happening now. And you can see the devastating effects of too much or too little water on fields. So there's a lot of buffering capacity that regenerative agriculture has potentially in improving soil water holding capacity and nutrient retention and things like that. So it's also looked at as a really important resilience approach for farming as well. And I think then the last thing I'll say is that it's really also about making sure that farms themselves are viable not just from the environmental point of view, but from the economic point of view. Farmers no longer are just maximizing production efficiency in the short term, efficiency and yield, but regenerative ag is really looking at a longer term window and horizon, protecting and conserving long-term farm assets like soil. And so it's to stabilize and even out long-term productivity and viability and the business bottom line for farmers as well. With the need for such large-scale change, what's the role of corporates and the private sector? Great question. I think there's a lot that companies can do and are already doing. One of the first things is really just to send the signal that regenerative agriculture matters. I think farmers have to shift mindsets. It's not just about convincing them to change practices on behalf of the environment. While that is important and their long-term viability is something we just discussed is, is deeply embedded in adoption of regenerative ag. But it's also about creating the right incentives in the business bottom line to make this viable for them. And so there's a lot to be done on creating those market-based incentives. There's things to be done on supporting 
a positive policy environment, enabling environment for farmers to adopt. And then I think there's also this piece that Danone is doing already and others as well to create the positive market signals to drive the entire supply chain to looking at this transformation in a positive light as a win-win. That hearts and minds piece is critical and creating a win-win for regenerative ag across the entire supply chain is really what we need to be focusing on. Thank you, Melissa, for your insights. That has set up well for the next part of the podcast where we talk to Eric Souberan and Dominique Borelli. Eric, as you lead the environmental initiatives at Danone, maybe explain to us why regenerative agriculture is important to Danone and relevant to its investors. Yeah, thank you very much, Nadia, and thank you for the invitation. It's great to be able to talk about how uh, agriculture and regenerative agriculture connect with our business model and connect with our investors. We are a food company, so fundamentally, everything that we do is related to nature. There is one thing that is, I think, very important for me when I talk about uh, nature, is that I'm a finance person by background. And then when I remember my studies, I was groomed and told that uh, an investment is depreciating over time. When you invest in nature, nature is appreciating over time, if you do it regeneratively. And this is exactly, I think, the concept in which we are building our strategy, is to make sure that this capital, that is a natural capital on which we are sitting, the way we're operating in this space is regenerative. It's a way for us to future-proof our business model. But it's also a way, if I take the example of biodiversity, it's a way to create new uh, taste, new choices, and basically to innovate. That's what is, I think, passionating in this uh, journey of regenerative agriculture for Danone, is not only to future-proof its business model and its resilience, but also to offer an opportunity to create and innovate. Can you maybe share what Danone is doing concretely today as a business to embrace regenerative agriculture? Well, I think, Nadia, first, it's been quite a long journey. And I would say we've done it without calling it regenerative agriculture for years, in a way. I think, fundamentally, uh, Danone has always kept a direct contact with its agriculture world. We have thousands of Danoners today in direct contact with farmers across the globe. We uh, source directly our milk. I used to manage the milk sourcing in Europe and I had teams on the ground sourcing milk every day. We hardly used intermediaries. So for us, this direct contact, I think, is a great opportunity and a strong commitment in our capacity to actionate end-to-end a strategy that is now called farm to fork. This is also uh, why we have developed right in the middle of the milk crisis a new pricing model called the cost performance model that is covering uh, today more than 40% of our milk sourcing. The idea was really to stabilize the volatility of the milk price to get visibility, but also to unlock basically the discussion outside the purely transactional discussion to cover other topics that are linked to sustainability, quality, practices of our farms and give the traceability that the consumers are valuing in our products. Then, of course, with the vision of One Planet, One Health, we clearly state that the food system is broken. The linearization of our food system today is creating a context where the intensive agriculture is exhausting natural resources. So we're reducing the capacity of this capital to be efficient. By entering into a regenerative mode, what we're doing is we are restoring the capacity of nature to basically be more productive. 
So that's really the logic in which we are uh, today, is to ensure that we uh, invest in a natural capital. And on the ground, what does it mean, Eric? On the ground, what it means for us is that through this network of direct contact with our farmers, we're able to engage into a, a relatively new conversation for a large multinational like us, is discussing about crop rotation, is discussing about usage of pesticide, is discussing about GMO, a utilization in some geographies. And by doing that, we are creating an ecosystem that is more stable, more resilient, future-proof, not only for us, but also for the farmers. If I look at it at a farm level, the fact that you move from a hyper-specialized farming model to a multi-specialized farming model, like what we call polyculture in Europe, is going to increase your resilience, your economic resilience, and therefore your capacity to weather the potential evolutions of the climate change, for instance. For Danone, what does that mean? That means that your partners will be uh, suffering less from the volatility and the non-predictability. So what you bring into the system is visibility and stability. So that's one factor. It's future-proofing your business model. The second factor that I believe is very interesting in this journey toward regenerative agriculture is because it corresponds to what the consumer are asking us. And I think my colleague Dominic will explain that very well. Consumers want to know where their food has been produced and how the food has been produced. Regenerative agriculture is a toolbox where you can explain basically all the elements of the model that you're changing to produce more sustainably the food that is ending in your plate. That's what is about regenerative uh, agriculture. And you do that in respecting the capacity of the nature cycle to regenerate. So you're preparing basically nature for the future. So that's a second point that is, uh, I think, very important in this journey. The third pillar is that it's economically rational. I think when I joined Danone 10 years ago, I really realized at that point in time that bringing this stability back into the model, but also reducing the dependency of chemical entrants, for instance, is bringing autonomy to the farmers. And it's also reducing cost. By the time you move from a conventional system to a regenerative system, you need two to three years, sometimes five in some very degraded environment. In this period of time, you restore the capacity of your soil to create carbon matters. So your soil becomes more fertile. So you reinvest in your natural capital again. Therefore, you need less entrant. It costs you at the end less than at the beginning. The system is breaking even and is even bringing you productivity. So that's another element of the equation that we have now piloted at large scale in Danone. For example, the GMO pledge in the US and the relationship with our Danimol brand. The incredible success of our organic brand in France with Bledina, where basically uh, the Bledina brand is now topping the rank in terms of consumer appreciation. The fact that we are bringing consumers with the harvest of the curious, as we are speaking right now in August, on the field to see what the farmers are doing. These are examples of consumer connections that bring values. So three elements in this equation, Nadia. First one, future-proofing your model. Second element... Regenerative agriculture is bringing you the capacity to reduce your cost and be more efficient. And of course, the third element that is important, it's a toolbox for your brands to connect with consumers that are increasingly conscious about the importance of the way their food has been produced on the environment. And I guess we cannot be alone to tackle this challenge. Indeed, uh, Nadia. And I think, first of all, we are not alone. We're working with 58,000 farms across the globe, and they are individual entrepreneurs. 
But over and above the farmers we are working with, of course, what you're describing is transitioning a model. And transitioning a model means that you have a kind of G-curve during the moment where you start the transition. And this G-curve needs to be financed. And this is where we need to invent new financing solutions, because in a sense, what we are trying to do is to give a value to externalities that are generated by regenerative practices. And this is where I think the financial investors are key partners for us, because they can help us also to valorize those externalities. And I see uh, some of our investors doing that, for instance, when they calculate their beta in some of the valuation. So I think this is very encouraging. And on top, of course, we have to learn to work pre-competitively with uh, other FMCG's companies. This is why, for instance, we have created the One Planet Business for Biodiversity Coalition that was launched during the UNGA last year because we need to team up also to find this type of solution and accept to bring some of the topic in the pre-competitive arena. Turning to Dominic. Dominic, your leading horizon, the largest organic dairy brand in the US. Tell us the story of this market leader. Nadia, it's great to speak with you and thanks for your question. Horizon Organic is the number one organic dairy brand in the United States today. It was introduced almost 30 years ago as an organic dairy option. In fact, it was introduced even before there were USDA organic standards in the marketplace in the United States. We actually helped write those standards in 2002, 10 years later. So we've got a long history and heritage of being a pioneer in this space. And the brand and the business was founded on a belief that we can deliver great tasting, high quality, nutritious milk in a way that is respectful to our farmers and respectful to the planet. And we're continuing to pioneer this journey today, 30 years later. Earlier this year, we introduced our Horizons Next Frontier project, which builds on the history and heritage of our pioneering spirit over the last 30 years to advance positive impacts in organic dairy. We aim to go beyond the organic dairy standards to deliver high quality products with an even stronger positive impact to the environment. And where does regenerative agriculture sit in the ambition of the Next Frontier project? Regenerative agriculture is really the cornerstone of the Next Frontier project. In fact, as part of our communication earlier this year, we committed to be the first carbon positive dairy by 2025. What that means is essentially working to eliminate and then become positive in our carbon footprint across the entire supply chain. So from our feed to our farms, to the glass of milk that's sitting on your table in the morning when you're uh, experiencing and enjoying the Horizon brand. So it is unprecedented in the marketplace in the United States to be able to work across the entire supply chain. And we're really excited to take this on. We know that a key element of bringing this to life is going to be our strong and continued partnership with our network of farmers. We have over 600 family farmers across America that are the heart of the brand. And the reason why we're able to bring this change forward as we look to reduce our carbon footprint We know that the work that we do has to begin on the farm. And that's why earlier this year, we announced Horizon Organic Farmer Investment Fund, a $15 million fund that we're providing for our farmers to invest in tools, technology, and capabilities to help them be more resilient as well as improve our environmental impact on our farms. Digging into regenerative agriculture further, Uh, how is it supporting and driving the growth of the Horizon brand today, Dominic? Regenerative agriculture offers more opportunity for differentiation and for growth. And what I mean by that is it really helps us continue to build on the strength of the differentiation of our brand and Horizon in the marketplace and to continue to support the tremendous growth opportunity that we see ahead for our brand and for the segment in the category. I would say there's three key areas that regenerative agriculture is focused on really helping drive our business. The first is around strong consumer centricity and innovation and making sure we have a great product 
uh, that really resonates with our consumer. The second area is working stronger with our customers and building stronger, deeper relationships with customers who have shared values. And the third is working to make sure that our supply chain is as resilient as possible and supporting our farmers. Let me talk about each one of these individually. First, around consumer centricity and innovation, we know that consumers today have placed the heightened importance on the food they eat and their impact on the planet. In fact, 71% of U.S. consumers today consider sustainability in their purchase decisions. We know that as a brand in Horizon, this has been part of our heritage for 30 years of our history, and we know that continuing to be relevant to the consumer in this way is very, very important. And regenerative agriculture is a key part of that. Innovation is also important here, and we've worked to really bring new and relevant innovation to the marketplace. In fact, we recently launched a product called Horizon Organic Growing Years, developed in partnership with pediatricians for a milk specifically designed for children one to five to really bring to life a great tasting product in a meaningful way. And this product, in fact, will be the first product in our portfolio that is carbon positive by the end of 2021 and will be an important first step for us to talk about our story around regenerative agriculture, specifically around a product that we know is going to be really exciting for the marketplace and for our consumer. The second area is around partnerships with customers. I'll tell you, many of the customers in the marketplace today share the same values that we have and see the same challenges and opportunities that we see. And I can tell you, I've had lots of terrific discussions with many of our customers who are excited to join the journey with us and partner with us as we work together to find ways to improve and have a positive impact on our planet. You mentioned product innovation and commercial relationship. What about resiliency of the supply chain and relationship with farmers? Yes, Nadia, you're right. That is the third pillar. Resilience of our supply chain with our farmer partners is a key element of our regenerative agriculture program. What I mean by that is that we need to seek efficiencies and improvements through our entire supply chain, including our farmer partners, to ensure we support their development and also make sure that we support them for generations to come. A key part of what we do at Horizon is to work hard to keep our farmers farming. That's really important for us. Many of our farmers have been with us for decades plus, and it's important for us that we continue to build a system and a relationship that enables us to continue to build in that way. We have strong relationships with all of our family farmers, including, for example, Ed and Melanie Zimba, farmers from Michigan who've been partners with our business and shipping us milk since 1999. And going forward, how important do you think regenerative agriculture will be for the future success of Horizon Organic? Regenerative agriculture is critical to the success of Horizon's Next Frontier project. And this program as a whole is a cornerstone component of our future growth. I think the biggest challenge with this program and initiative is that there isn't really a sense of immediate satisfaction. It is a journey. And I'll tell you, we're really excited about the fact that the journey in this case is as important as the destination. And our goal and our plan is to take the consumer with us along this journey to celebrate the great milestones and successes that we're going to have over the next five years and beyond, and to make sure that we recognize the great work that our farmers do every single day to deliver high quality, nutritious milk and do so in a way that is as responsible environmentally as is possible. For the road ahead, we also know transparency is an imperative for us. We need to make sure that we're clear and that we understand our footprint for carbon today and our soil to make sure that we can consistently improve over the coming years. That's why we've introduced and conducted, recently completed, a full life cycle assessment of the carbon footprint of our business to understand all the different segments of where we see carbon opportunities for improvement. And we're also committed as a company to make these results and this assessment public. We've communicated that already earlier this year. Our perspective is the more we can learn and share this information, the more we can improve our own business, but also the more we can support and improve the industry. 
to help share and identify where the opportunities are to improve our carbon footprint across our business and for the world. We know that increasing carbon sequestration back into the soil improves the soil health, which makes the soil increase in yield, which improves the efficiency of the soil, which then drives more profitability for our farmers and for our business. We're excited about the journey. I'm personally very, very passionate and excited about the journey for Horizon and for Danone North America and for all the great success that we've seen and the success that we have ahead of us to come. So again, just to summarize, regenerative agriculture really helps us drive our business in three key areas. The first is around consumer centricity, being really close to what the consumer wants, needs, and expects from brands in the industry today and from businesses. And we are proud of our heritage and proud of the work we continue to do to win in this space. The second is building strong commercial partnerships with our retailers who are like-minded and who similarly see the opportunity to drive great growth and do so in a way that is responsible and respectful to the planet. And third, making sure we build strong resiliency in our supply chain to keep our farmers farming, to keep our network of 600 family farms going for generations to come like we have for the first 30 years of our history, because this is how we can build great tasting, sustainable milk in a way that's responsible and a way that continues to respect our planet and to minimize our carbon footprint as much as possible. Horizon Organic is about half of the market in the United States and has been growing in market share. Our household penetration in the U.S. is double digit and continues to grow. Thank you, Dominic. Thank you very much, both Eric and Dominic. It's been very useful to hear how the initiatives that are being introduced across the business are having a positive impact on farming practices across the world. To conclude this podcast, let's move to Cecile Cabanis, Danone CFO. One single question for you, Cecile. How do you think regenerative agriculture helps to drive long-term shoulder value? Hello, everyone. I want to thank first all the people who have contributed to this podcast. As we said uh, already several times, we believe that the food system that we've been building for uh, centuries is now uh, failing and that it's uh, very important that uh, we are changing that in order to really refuel both uh, biodiversity and uh, embrace regenerative agriculture so that we can really propose products and food that is respecting both health and planet, because at the end of the day, we all know that health and planet are interdependent, and that food is very important when it comes to that, and that the food chain really needs to be resilient. And for that to be resilient, it means that every part of the ecosystem needs to be resilient. So regenerative agriculture is not only good for the planet, it is a way in order to ensure that our business models are resilient and that it can continue sustainably to drive value for all stakeholders. We have different precedents in order to have proof points of that. And we have that in our portfolio. It didn't start a few months ago. We had already looked at alternative agricultural model. We turned Danimals, which is our kids brand in the US, into a non-GMO. And that helped us to regain leadership in the kids segment in the US. 
We have now invested 40 million euros for zero in France in order to promote the transition in agriculture and accelerate organic ranges across our portfolio in our different activities, baby food with Bledina, but also ranges in our Danone brand and uh, Lait de Vache, which was a small brand that started uh, several years ago around an organic offer. I think it's very important because it offers choices to consumers. This is first. Second, when you choose what you want to eat or drink, you are really voting for the world you want to live in. And with the current uh, pandemic crisis, we see that localization is very important, that the food supply chain and transparency of it and locality of it is also a driver in order for engaging with the people and the consumer. And they expect brands to be activists. And for that, brands to have impact, they need also to support the full transition. And we know that it's now urgent. We've been seeing the different impact and evolution when it comes to biodiversity, but also in terms of food system to very specific uh, health diseases that the system of the last century has caused. It's very important to reconnect people with their food and they want to do that. So regenerative agriculture and making sure that we do that with partners and in a collective manner is very important in order to make sure that we have a food system that can be transparent, can be healthy and offer a local health choice. Food is a local system and it needs to be totally created in each country with all the partners of the ecosystem. And it needs to include a government, it needs to include investors and it needs to include companies and farmers. And I think it's a land of opportunity for us all in order to make sure that we create the best uh, food experience with protecting and preserving both the health of the people and the health of the planet. I would like to thank you all for listening to this podcast. If you want to follow up on any of the issues discussed here today, do contact me or a member of the IR team at financeatdanon.com. We also invite you to our next episode in December 2020, so stay tuned. <laughs>